FASWA is a podcast about Bigfoot. It's recorded for the skeptics, the believers, the knowers, and those who just have a casual interest in the subject. For more information, visit saswhat.com. Just keep recording. Okay. Don't don't shut it. Shut it down. I'm gonna make sure my audio is okay. Um, so he talks about in that article. He talks about Hemlock Point mm-hmm. in Cuyahoga Valley. Yeah. Where is that Hemlock Point? Do you know Hemlock Point? No, I don't know. Because he's at this is Saswa, a podcast about Bigfoot. <laughs> I'm one of your hosts. My name is Seth Breedlove. I'm joined today by my pal Mark Matsky. Hello there. Hemlock Point. Um, the the photo that is in the article looks like they're, they're standing at the overlook, which I've been to twice in the last like week and a half. And it's mm-hmm. directly across from that. That is a, a pretty isolated section of CVNP. It's nowhere near the river though. I don't think I might be, hmm. I might be wrong. I'll have to okay. take a look. It's actually like when you're looking out over the overlook on Hemlock point, I think you're looking toward Jeez, it's hard for me to guess. I think you're looking toward Pennsylvania, but I'm, I'm I think you're looking east, but I'm okay. but I might be wrong. But um what we're talking about uh is this is a podcast about Bigfoot, by the way. I think I already said that, but we are talking about, <laughs> we are talking about an article that went up on the BFRO website a couple days ago about a a possible new Ohio How recording recorded in Cuyahoga Valley National Park, which is a park that I frequent. Mark's been there. Um, and it's it's uh, interesting recording. I think we would both agree. It, 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 this is going to be an unusual show for us because we didn't have a theme planned. And uh, to be honest, I don't even think I told Mark this, but I had forgot we were recording this morning. So I was outside <laughs> doing yard work when Mark texted me to ask about it. Um so we're going to catch up real quick on some on some stuff uh, before we I should probably address a letter, though. Uh, I guess we can do that after we're done here with this. We'll we'll get back to we, we have some new inf- breaking uh, by about seven years, breaking information <laughs> in the <laughs> Honey Island Swamp Monster Mystery. Um, so, yeah, this this Cuyahoga Valley National Park. Howl. do you have information on who recorded it? I, I'm looking at this article in no i couldn't get anything from it recording the howler seems to turn to howl in different directions to howl in 1994 recording the latest recording okay hold on the latest recording was recorded around 11 p.m near hemlock point in march 2015 by charlie page i think charlie might be a uh i'm pretty sure he's a sasswet listener i'm fairly fairly confident he is a Sasquatch listener. So, Charlie, if you're listening to this, talk to us because I have some questions about this uh, about this recording.
so the the thing I'm hearing the most of is that it it sounds so much like the original that it might be like a call blasted you know like a recording but i i actually contacted mark deworth and asked him about that and he said they analyzed it and it's not a mechanical sound so it's not coming from a mechanical device i don't know how they can ascertain that information but they have he said they have people who can analyze it uh from an audio perspective and and they have established 100% that it did not come from a uh mechanical device of any kind so they are, there you have it. They're confident. The BFRO is confident in that yeah. fact. So, And honestly, it doesn't sound like a call blast to me. It does sound like something natural. Well, not natural, but you know what I mean, like biological sound. I am leaning more toward a possible like human mimicking. Because it does something about the Ohio how, the original Ohio how, that's very inhuman. Like it goes up and down in pitch at times, and it has this garbled kind of it falls off at the end in a weird way and this doesn't do any of that it it almost sounds like it could be a per- person like mimicking the ohio how right. but it it is very uh if it is a mimic they're freaking amazing like they should be yeah they should be doing this all over the place because they're gonna fool a lot of people if that is a, a mimicry thing what did you think of it well what you said a lot of people are saying it was my initial reaction was it sounds so much like what we all know as the Ohio howl that, you know, it almost seems like there's a simplistic decision to make that it's either uh, the creature that makes that sound or one like it, or there's some type of mimicry involved, you know, mm-hmm. and I think that with howls, of course, I mean, the idea that somebody could uh, imitate that sound is really not as impossible as some people like to make it sound. I mean, that's you'd have to be well equipped to do that. But there are people who are, you know, have uh, lung capacity and the size to generate that sort of sound. And when you're outside and you get in the right right place, you know, that sound can carry uh, a tremendous range. So, I mean, let's just if it if it is establishable that it's an organic sound, then. Um, yeah, I mean, you, I don't think it's not crazy to say it might be a person mm-hmm. who's doing that. Yeah, but CVNP is a cool, uh, I guess you could call it squatchy location. Obviously, the only thing about CVNP is it is surrounded by suburban sprawl and mm-hmm. urban sprawl. I mean, it 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 is literally connects Akron to Cleveland. Um, sections of the park are are managed by either the Akron Metro Parks or the Cleveland Metro Parks with the National Park Guard kind of patrolling the interior section of it, and they're kind of charged with overwatch in that area. But this is a, a park that is unlike any other, too, in the fact that uh, it, it actually has people living within its boundaries, which mm-hmm. is kind of, uh, to my knowledge, I don't really know of any other parks that have that going on. So there's there's roads all over the place. There's people everywhere and uh but there are sections of the park i was reading this article on the bfro site and it talks about how there's you know sections of the park where where sasquatch could live year round and that sort of thing i'm not i mean obviously they're they're gonna have to be really well hidden i don't know what i think of a, a, a like a tribe of of squatch living in cvnp because it's just yeah. overrun with people um even even the more isolated sections of the park are you know there's still trails everywhere 
So the Buckeye yeah. Trail runs through there. Twenty some miles of the Buckeye Trail run through that park too, on top of the the national park foot traffic and you know uh, automobile traffic, and then you've got the Metro Park people and mm-hmm. all that sort sort of stuff. Like the pictures in that article are of the overlook and the icebox trail and all that. I mean that we went there two weeks ago and that place was overrun with people, people everywhere, kids, adults. I mean, it's constant, especially that particular section of the park. So what, what town is closest to, you know, the, the entrance to the, the park? I mean, if you were to leave uh, from the place where this, where the audio was obtained, what were, what would the towns be? That you well, would... you would drive right into like Cuyahoga Falls from there, okay. pretty close to Cuyahoga Falls. You could drive pretty close to Fairlawn, Montrose, yeah, like all that. All those suburbs of Akron are right there. Sure. Um, Virginia Kendall Lake is close to that. Well, actually, okay. I mean, this is talking about Hemlock Point, which I'm sure is an area I've been because I've been all over that park, but I, I cannot think of where it is exactly. Here's the crazy thing, though. As I'm talking about this, I might be I might be connecting some dots. Hemlock Point might be where Adrian and I had that weird experience last summer. Mm-hmm. I'm not 100% sure, but I think that might be in the same general area. I'll have to find out. I'll have to reach out to Charlie because we're friends on Facebook. So okay. I'll have to find out where that took place. But anyway. So, so like for people not mm-hmm. necessarily familiar with the park, yeah. weird, that's, the, that's the southern portion Psh, of CVNP. Don't. Yeah, I mean, definitely southern portion, southeast maybe. Um, It's a really unusual park. If you look at it on a Mm -hmm. map, it's really strange, especially up toward the top, like the northern part of the park, because it spreads out, but it also becomes very narrow. Um, Like when you go to Brandywine Falls, it's very unusual, because you drive out of the park, and you're on like in a neighborhood for a minute, and then you drive back into the park to get to Brandywine Falls. You know, it's... It's just very unlike any other national park that I've been to. Right. So, And the thing that's really, that adds so much intrigue to this is that if you then continue south out of the park and sort of down where the old canal used to be, mm-hmm. um, sort of a pipeline into, uh, you know, Sasquatch territory, yeah. Sasquatch Triangle, you know, Kim Bolton and Coshocton and all that. You just keep going south and you're into what's historically, you know, sort of, Bigfoot Central here in the southeast. Sure. Yeah, definitely. I don't know what to think of it. Obviously, the coolest thing that could possibly happen is if there are Sasquatch in CVNP that are secretly in a battle with the Peninsula Python, (laughs) which is also supposed to live within the boundaries of the National Park. And let's not forget, I saw a mountain lion. I swear my hand to God that I saw a mountain lion in CVNP last year. Last year. Last year. I swear. Um, as long as we're doing catch up, um, let's let's read this letter. I got a letter to my yeah. to my personal from a Brad Brewster who wanted to respond to some of my uh, talking about the uh, Honey Island Swamp Monster. He said, I live in New Orleans, 30 miles from the Honey Island Swamp Monster sightings. M.K. Davis, of all people, posted a video several years ago where he and another researcher were given the shoes by, Har- by a family member of Harlan. Harlan Ford would be the, let me think, Harlan would be the guy that claims to have seen the monster the first time. Is that right? And like got a video and all that? Yes, he did. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, MK is in the video. He must have come down to Louisiana. For some reason, MK's video didn't get much traction or noticed, maybe because there was no blood. 
Just Googled it and found the post and the video where MK finds it near the end. And then he links me to a Bigfoot evidence uh, story called How Honey Island Swamp Monster Was Hoaxed, I think is what the title is. Let me pull it up here real quick. I'll, I'll kind of give you a brief rundown of it, and then I'll try to include some of the audio in it. But this is actually from a like a pseudo-documentary called Bigfoot is Real that MK Davis and J. Michael shot. Uh, back in it says 2003 uh, surprisingly enough knew all about it they uh the, the lady told jay she said uh oh that's that's a hoax she says uh, my uncle ricky uh he found a shoe and i was sort of surprised to hear that I, jay questioned her I, I questioned her some so we, while we were there i set up and started shooting footage and uh someone asked you know well what are you doing here and we said well we're, we're producing a documentary on the honey island swamp monster and they said oh yeah well you know that's fake and uh and we said well what do you mean it's fake i mean how do you know it's fake he says well my cousin has the shoe that they were using to make footprints in the in the ground i bet his eyes lit up when he said this thing well the guy see this shoe he walked up to the guy when he had this, and the man still wore the same type shoes. Uh -huh. He said, uh, I found the other set of shoes. I went out to set and found the other shoes, and it was that one. And the guy still had that same type of shoe. When we say the guy, what guy? I don't remember his name. I can't remember. Uh, my dad could tell you all about it. Was he an older fellow? Yeah. He, was. Well, he may be dead by now. I'm not sure. Uh -huh. It hadn't been talked about in a while. Well, I can see one. Yeah. So this was, this was like a... a a pseudo documentary they made about the Honey Island Swamp Monster. You can find it on YouTube. In fact, the story actually links you to that uh, documentary. And at the end of the documentary, within the last couple of minutes, the last 15 minutes show you the grainy footage of the originally planned documentary and the discovery of the phony shoe as it happened. So they actually hmm. discover the shoe and the people that had the shoe on camera. We're going to play all that in this episode so people can hear it for themselves. But this is just to say that I was in fact not insane. I knew that at some point someone had found like definitively proven that this was at least part of the story was a hoax. So it looks like I was correct. Yeah. And now that's interesting because, you know, at that point, the honey Island story was decades and decades old. You said it was 2003. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, the, the first, encounters where uh, Harlan Ford is named is like 73. Yeah. So quite a bit of time had passed, evidently, um, you know, between that and the, the making of this documentary. I'd like to know, too, more about the Honey Island Swamp Monster story. Like, it's it's obviously a very uh, Bigfoot-friendly area. I mean, it's like super, you know, dense woods and swamp, huge swamps and, and food source, I imagine, are pretty solid yeah. there. And I just would like to know if there's any really solid sightings that came out of that, of what people claimed, you know, were the Honey Island Swamp Monster, or if this was all based around this guy who obviously was hoaxing some of his evidence, which calls everything into question. Yeah. Well, other reports did come out. I mean, I did a little bit of checking after our show, mm -hmm. and, um, you know, that whole, you know, less than two hours away from New Orleans is just classic bayou country, and there are you know, sightings, um, you know, separate from Harlan Ford sightings. And, you know, they're all anecdotal. And the, the source that I have, it doesn't get into a whole lot of detail or, or name names or anything like that of who saw it. But it seems as if, 
a lot of fishermen, sportsmen down in those bayous see and hear things that, you know, kind of what we described on our last episode, which is the, you know, ape-like figures jumping into the water, swimming away, or jumping up onto the bank and running into the the underbrush and things like that. Mm-hmm. So I think it's safe to say that Harlan Ford is not the sole source of uh, strange creature sightings in Louisiana. <laughs> yeah. I, it's fitting that Louisiana has their own swamp monster anyway. Like, I, w- I wouldn't want to, you know, deter people from talking about the Hunting Island swamp monster just because they found shoes that, you know, right. were... Because the same thing has happened with Lizard Man and, you mm-hmm. know, potentially, you know, the Boggy Creek tracks could have been hoaxed as well or faked or misidentified, whatever you want to say. So mm-hmm. there's obviously a a history of this sort of thing, even in areas where there are, you know, sightings that defy explanation like that. Yeah. Um, so, all right. So as we're moving through our topics, cause I actually came up with topics. I want to talk about this video out of Henderson County. This is from like, let's see, two weeks ago is what I've got. This is the video everyone's been talking about, which is like a, a guy 16 seconds is what I watched. There's a, mm-hmm. a Bigfoot walking through a tall, tall grass, a uh, tiny dog going just ape nuts, just absolutely losing yeah. its mind on this thing. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! No, Ziggy! No! Oh, thank you, Ziggy. He scared away. Right. Um, and the Bigfoot kind of walks away. And the man's got some really believable reaction to it. Um, I'm joking. I'm not, I don't. Know. <laughs> uh, this is this is like one of those cont- things where I was struggling to 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 think of things for us to talk about, and so I just fall back on. Well, there's this video of a dog barking at what is purported to be a Bigfoot. What did you think of yeah. this? Well, I at first I I don't know. I was under the impression that in the foreground there's sort of this. Uh, thing attached to the mailbox that looks almost like a panther or something and that's what the dog's running at so i was i thought the dog was gonna buy it right there (laughs) but then in the you know right hand side of you have this the figure moving left to right and it to me it has all the hallmarks of a person in a suit has the the, you know the movement and at this point there's almost a uniformity in what it looks like in one of these phone videos when a person in a suit is Moving through the grass, it just is, I don't know, it, it sort of a hunched look to the the walk. Uh, it just, I don't know, it, it didn't impress me as something shocking or, or real. Yeah, um, what I liked about it is, well, first of all, I like any video where there's a dog. Um, but <laughs> I like the fact that there is a, kind of in back, the, the head almost seems to sit on the shoulders. But that could just be from the motion in the video. I mean, it's a blurry phone video. Mm-hmm. And in fact, like this is one of the least comp- compelling videos I've seen of a, of a Bigfoot. Um, it did bring some things to mind though. Um, this thing got a lot of play. Like this video got played everywhere. It was all over national media. Um, everyone shared it. I think like three or four people shared it with me over social media. Mm-hmm. It just kind of goes to show that there, there's still this, drive 
uh, or, or desire, I guess, in news media to kind of propagate Bigfoot, like in some way, mm-hmm. right? It's like what I always talk about with Minerva Monster. When we made Minerva, we had a leg up over a lot of people because Bigfoot is a big story. You know, like someone making a movie about like AIDS mm-hmm. victims has yeah. a harder time of getting national news media coverage than someone making a, a, a movie about a Bigfoot. But it just makes me wonder, like things like this, like this video, does it, because to me, I watch it and I, I just think it's a giant joke. So does your average person that just turns on the TV and sees this, is this what they associate all of Bigfoot with? Is this kind of nonsense? <laughs> Oh, yeah, most likely. I would say yes, because it's, uh, you know, almost always when it's shown on the news, I mean, the intro or the lead into it is done deliberately tongue-in-cheek, you know, and the person has some reaction to it afterwards that clearly telegraphs that this is not to be taken seriously. Yeah. I mean, that that's the majority of the time. I'd, I'd be surprised if somebody... If some news group said, you know, the lead into that was very serious at all. It's weird. And it's weird because, like, there there is solid um, evidence, I guess you could call it, out there for the existence of Bigfoot. Like, there's there are videos that make you question whether or not they're real. Mm-hmm. But things like this get national coverage or that lady... You know, two weeks ago, who claimed to be having a relationship with Bigfoot? Like she's everywhere on Facebook too. Yes. And meanwhile, there are things that are going on that are legitimately of interest that slip by unnoticed. Like, okay, just for example, the two things that spring immediate immediately to mind are the Watchtower Project monograph and even something like this new Ohio Howl that was recorded. Mm-hmm. These are both actual, you know, things that are actually worth. You know, kind of investigating and looking into, and mm-hmm. I almost guarantee, despite moneymaker's involvement with the new Ohio Howl, it will not be played on, you know, like Ohio media. In Ohio right. media, it's mm-hmm. just curious to me how that goes. Because what, what is it that that people find uh, intriguing about the man screaming and chasing his dog down as like a guy in what is obviously a suit walks in a field to the right? Mm-hmm that isn't intriguing to people about things like what I just mentioned. Like why, what's the difference? What's the difference to the news media? Like it's, it's all Bigfoot. So why can't you just cover the stuff that's actually, you know, worth looking into? Yeah. And I'd add to your list there too, just the, you know, uh, Bill Munn's work. Sure. um, Very thoughtful and very deliberate. And I think that that's part of the explanation right there is that, the most intriguing evidence that we have does require a lot of thought mm-hmm. and uh, time to sift through the uh, the methods that are used and the conclusions that are made. And this uh, phone video is just the perfect, um, you know, it's an emblem of the culture right now, if you want to go there. I mean, they can throw that on. There's a, there's a built-in human interest in that little video because you're worried about the dog. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. And then... Um, creature moves left to right and then you can you know move on so i think it's i wouldn't say i mean salacious is the wrong word to use but it it's it tickles the senses and then you can move on to something else i think it's fluff in that way and that's 
That's what the news wants to use sure. Bigfoot and UFOs for. And they're not interested in a real investigation of the topic. It's just well, something, it's a, you know, a, a teaser to keep you through the commercial. I guess, bottom line. I guess like what I'm saying is, do you, do you, can you recall an, inc- an instant where news media covered a story that was, I, I'm I'm overusing the words interesting and intriguing. What I'm what I'm trying to say is like um, possibly you know verifiable something that could not maybe not verifiable but something that could potentially be reality like a realistic animal or something like that. Like can you think of anything where there was a non um, overblown you know kind of because what's springing to my mind is the whole Melba Ketchum thing, right? Like it was everywhere, mm-hmm. everyone was following it, but it was a bunch of Nonsense, for the most part. Right. And then things like Munn's work slips under the radar. And what is it that is fascinating to people, or I guess, not romantic, but dramatic, or what, you know, kind of poppy about the Ketchum Mm -hmm. story that isn't poppy about Munn's work? Where, and I know what you're, what you're going to say is like one is, one is very scientific and the other is just kind of like this hyper, insane drama <laughs> unfolding but mm-hmm. like the, the it all comes out it all comes down to the approach like the media should be able to pop up the mun story the same way they do mm-hmm. you know the ketchum story so why pick one over the other is it just lack of promotion on mun's part like he's maybe he's not contacting media i don't know i mean that's a good question i mean having said that he was on coast to coast am a couple weekends ago right um and, you know, adding to that is the fact that I'm, if I'm reading his book correctly, he comes out at the end saying he thinks there's no possible way it could be a guy in a suit because you couldn't make a suit like that at the time. Mm-hmm. And therefore, it's a real creature that you're looking at. That would seem to be pretty splashy as far as what would grab people's attention. So, Is this because uh, of the government cover-up? <laughs> <laughs> we just got to the bottom of it. Uh, they don't want you to know. Yeah. All right. Um, let's wrap it up for this week's Sass What. It's a quick episode. We're going to include some audio clips in here for you guys to listen to, kind of spice it up. Uh, next week, we'll be back with new uh, kind of themed episodes. If you want to send us a letter, sasswhatmail at gmail.com. We love doing those kind of like listener-supported um, episodes where we go through your themes and whatever you want to talk about. So feel free to write us. And... I think that's it for this week. Yeah. Join the conversation at facebook.com slash sasswhat. Find us on Twitter by using the hashtag sasswhat, or you can find me on Twitter at Seth Breeds Love. Mark Matsky is on Twitter at Reverend Matsky. Send your letters to sasswhatmail at gmail.com and leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Mm-hmm.